TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. This is a fun week heading into a holiday weekend. So, hey, why not record a new Scoop podcast, right? There's not a better time than now. I love doing this for fun. So if it's a fun week, why not produce some content? So here we are. Away we go. It is Scoop podcast episode 231. And it is brought to you by North Memorial Health. I'll tell you about North Memorial Health in just a bit. But we begin with NFL salary cap expert Joel Corey, longtime agent way back in the day. He used to do John Randall's contracts with the Vikings, with the Seahawks. He represented many, many good players. He now writes for CBSSports.com. He is one of the foremost experts on the NFL salary cap in this country, and there's enough questions when it comes to the Vikings, so let's catch up with Joel Corey. Joel, I appreciate your time. Just in a general sense, is it weird that you're on a Twin Cities-based podcast talking about the Vikings? And then being right up against the cap, I mean, you think about just going back many, many years. I mean, heck, you've been on this podcast before talking about, you know, doing John Randall's contract back in the day, many dealings with the Vikings, Rob Brzezinski, as good a capologist as there is in the league. It's just, it's a little weird. This is a rare time around here, Joel, when we're talking about the Vikings being right up against the salary cap. Uh, yeah, because they most, they learned their lesson and haven't really wanted history to repeat itself. They were really tied up against the cap um, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then had to uh, have uh, let some people go because the cap wasn't growing at the same rate it was now. Uh, Rob Brzezinski was around back then, so he's kind of made a concerted effort to make sure they don't really get in that position um, again. Um, He typically doesn't restructure contracts, doesn't play the the kick-the-can-down-the-road game like the Steelers, Saints, or the Cowboys uh, routinely do. The Eagles are starting to do that a lot as well. But that's not something that Rob really engages in. But he has, right? I mean, I guess when it comes to specifically the news of the week that Eric Kendricks restructured his contract, I mean, take us through the inner workings of that restructure. I mean, in many ways, is that kicking the can down the road? Yeah, I kind of liken it to what Seattle did a couple of years ago when they kind of went all in um, when they acquired Sheldon Richardson. Um, and Dwayne Brown, that's a team that hadn't restructured contracts, but they did Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson, just the two-time accommodation. Um, what was done with Eric Kendricks, he had a $4.15 million base. They took $2.15 million of it and converted it to signing bonus. And when you do that, you can prorate it over the remaining years of the contract. He signed a five-year extension last year for year left, so you're going to take the – $2.15 million, and you're going to spread it out over the five years. So the cap numbers from 2020 uh, 20 to 2023 go up $430,000 each. And you create $1.72 million in cap room that way. That's not a huge kick the can down the road. That's, that's a small restructure because you could have taken it down to his minimum base salary and gotten more cap room. But – they opted not to do that because they're trying not to get in that game where if you cut someone, you've got massive amounts of dead money. That was something Dallas had a problem with because they, with Tony Romo, they restructured his contract twice. So instead of only having 5 million of dead money, which is a cap charge or player no longer on the roster, 
when they released them, they had 18 because the two restructures and pushing pushing money back and pushing into the future. So that's what Rob is trying to avoid. This is a minimal restructure. And, I mean, when it comes to Kendricks, I mean, he's not losing any money in this ordeal, right? No, he's not losing any money. There's just a couple of things you need to worry about with these restructures because when um, – the first thing I always say when a team would approach me, and you don't really have to approach – players anymore because teams have taken care of that where they have automatic conversion rights in contracts i would say okay i'm open to helping you as long as i don't put my player in a worse position than if i did nothing because when signing bonus is recoupable so you the agent can't be careless in the language because if you have the standard signing bonus language you could be taking what was base salary then making it recoupable if there's a breach at any time during the contract. What you have to do is limit the recovery rights to that specific year of the conversion, which would be 2019. So after 2019, the team doesn't have any rights to get money back. They wouldn't have if you'd done nothing. So that's up to the agent to read what is in the addendums of the contract or take care of that up front. So what you're saying is, I mean, do some players, I mean – they literally have no power when it comes to if a team approaches them about a restructure. I mean, how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, exactly. If, if Kendrick no, said, I'll, I didn't want to restructure, could he have said, or Doug Hendricks and his agent had said, I don't want to restructure? I mean, do they have any power? Do they have any say in that matter? Uh, for the most part, no. And, and, and this is why. Years ago, uh, we'd done a restructure for Ed McDaniel uh, one year. Then Rob came back the next year and wanted to do another one. And I was like, if we're doing it two years in a row, Rob, I want something in return. you got to give me something nominally. $500,000 more, it infuriated him, and we refused to do the restructure. So teams over the past five years have worked, they've found a way to work around it. In Eric Kendrick's contract, there's a paragraph called automatic conversions in, in the addendums. Uh, basically, player club agreed it on. One or more occasions at any time during the duration of this contract, clubs shall have the right but an obligation to convert any portion of players' paragraph 5 salary into signing bonus. Player and club agree that an email or phone call from club to player or player certified agent, if applicable, shall suffice to notifying the player that club is exercising its rights under this paragraph 15 and will make such conversion the amount thereof and the effective date of the conversion. If club exercises its right, to convert such paragraph 5 salary, clubs shall use the same form signing bonus addendum that's in the contract, except the converted amount shall be payable over the ensuring regular season concurrent with paragraph 5 uh, salary payments. Player agrees to execute a superseding NFL player contract into the documents that are recently requested by a club uh, to document each conversion with, within three business days after receiving such contract or documentation from the club without receiving any additional consideration from club, which is what I was doing with Edwin Daniel, additional consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, player further agrees that player shall be in breach of this contract if he refuses or fails to promptly and timely execute the new NFL contract when requested by club. Player further agrees that the entire consideration for this agreement includes the rights of the club as set forth in this paragraph 15 and that each such conversion, if any, shall constitute additional viable and adequate consideration for players agreement to execute the new player contract, notwithstanding any term conditions contract play, if club elects to exercise its rights converting portion 
of players conditionally guaranteed paragraph salary signing bonus in accordance with this paragraph 15. Then the portion of player players paragraph five salary that was converted into signing bonus. Another thing is paragraph 15 shall firmly obligate club to convert players paragraph salary five salary into signing bonus. The club expressly retains the right to waive the player terminate players contract any time for what reason whatsoever. Players shall be subject to forfeiture of salary for only the league year of such converted compensation to the maximum extent permitted under Article 4, Section 9 of Collective Bargaining Agreement. So Rob took care of that last part, so they don't have to have the conversation, that they don't have rights after 2019. But to me, one thing I don't like about this paragraph is if I'm going to give you, if I'm turning money into signing bonus and I'm giving you cap relief, I want the money payable today. I don't want it paid over the course of regular season. So I used to always make that a term or a condition if I was going to do a restructure. You pay it now. Mm-hmm. You don't pay it over the regular season. If this is March, before the league year starts, cap room, I want the money by the time the league year starts. How often did you get your way? Well, considering they didn't have automatic conversion rights, I was going to say no. Most of the time I did. Yeah. So, I mean, heck, I mean, these guys, I mean – like if the Vikings want to do the same to Linval Joseph, could they yeah, do they that? Can. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, because there are only two of the big contracts that don't have these rights: Riley Reef and Harrison Smith. It's in Cousins. It's in Stephon Diggs. It's in Hunters. It's in Josephs. It's in Xavier Rhodes. It's in Griffin. So you don't have a choice because <laughs> you're you're in breach otherwise. <laughs> so why isn't it in Smiths? Why isn't it in Reefs? That's a good question. I don't know why it's not in there. But they've made a point of getting it in almost every big deal they've done. Hmm. Uh, everything you just laid out, Joel, is why it's really baffling to me. Why, like a guy like Russell Okung, or the defensive lineman from Mississippi State that just got drafted by by the Titans in the first round. I mean, these guys they need agents, Joel. And I know you're biased on that front, but everything you just laid out in paragraph 15. How the heck could a player not have an agent? Well, if you're a draft pick. You could get the same contract that these guys are getting, and there have been guys who represented themselves, and like Lamar Jackson last year. The union will look over the language and make sure that there isn't anything uh, glaring um, or wrong with it. So you could go that route and do it. Um, there have been some players that have successfully represented themselves. I don't call Richard Sherman one of them. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's been doing his own contract since um, his agent Eugene Parker passed away, and. For what they do for him, uh, I can't say that an agent would have done a better job than what Larry Fitzgerald's done for himself the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, and we all know Larry here in Minnesota. He's a local guy, so he's as smart as it gets. So, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me one bit. Just with a lot of these guys, though, I mean, I would imagine it just it oh, would yeah, make some more guys sense that, that, to have an agent. You would, oh, if they didn't have an agent, they would be taken advantage of to the point where it would be <laughs> – unconscionable or you had a player like let's say if peyton manning wanted to do his own deals his um detail oriented as he is <laughs> he would do just fine but he, yes. he, he never um he micromanaged them because he kind of handcuffed tom condon when he was a free agent and how the process would work but there's certain guys and tom condon the most prominent agent out there used to be a player so it's not like players don't have the aptitude to learn the stuff because they're not talking brain surgery in terms of negotiating a contract you brought up Everson Griffin's name, Joel. 
So the Vikings redid his contract, but if they wanted to, if they needed to create more cap space, and in fact, they do at some point, they need to do something here to create more cap space, but could they redo Everson Griffin's contract again? Can you do that twice in one offseason? Yeah, you can, because I had a player with the Saints one year that had been hurt the year before, was supposed to be a starter. Um, They had him take a pay cut before the league year started, came back, during the middle of training camp when it was clear that he was not going to start left a really bad taste in my mouth um asked for him to take another pay cut given the alternative which was hitting the open market and potentially playing for league minimum had no choice but to take a second pay cut that's the only time that's ever happened uh so now i represent it so yeah you can do that but i suppose i mean you know, you think about Everson Griffin. He's you're going to hit the player. You're yeah. going to piss him off. He might. He might say, "No, I'm not taking a pay cut again." You got one from me. Well, there's that, and then there's you know. I mean, is there something to be said about goodwill with the agent? In Everson Griffin's case, he's represented by oh, athletes. Yeah. First. I mean, they have so many clients. You know, you want to maintain oh, yeah. a good relationship with that agent. You definitely want to maintain a good. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. So you don't want to do something to take advantage or exploit a situation unnecessarily. Because I, every chance I had with New Orleans, if I could stick it to him, I did after that. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's something you teams. If you're going to deal with someone over an extended period of time, you might want to think twice about something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the numbers in front of you, Joel? Do you know where the Vikings currently sit after the Kendricks restructure, after signing Garrett Bradbury? Where they are under the cap? Yeah, well, Bradbury was his. When you draft someone, their minimum salary counts on the cap, so. They basically have about a half million dollars of cap room, so they got to do something at some point because you can't go into the season with a half million dollars of cap room. And plus, usually when you make the conversion at the roster cut down, well, actually the first day, first game, when the first regular season game is, not the Vikings, but the Thursday night game, it switches from top 51 to uh, everything counting. So that would be your practice squad, anybody on IR, PUP, and that can be anywhere from a three to $5 million shift in terms of cap space as opposed to the top 51. All right. So, I mean, the Vikings need to still create 3 to $5 million logically, right? I mean, what, yeah, what makes the sense? Draft class sign. Yeah. Oh, well, what makes the most sense? Is, yeah. What makes the most uh, sense? Kyle Rudolph. He said he's not taking a pay cut. Yeah. Um, he drafted his replacement. Uh, if you can't trade him, you pick up the seven point. Six two five million by releasing him. Could you potentially trade him, and the team you trade him to negotiates a different contract with him? Well, one thing you could do if you're really motivated to trade him, you wouldn't save the whole seven point six two five million. But sometimes in a trade, the team will convert some portion of the salary into signing bonus pre-trade to lower the amount that the uh, acquiring team is taking on. Um, that happened with Eugene Monroe's trade at the trading deadline a few years ago from the Jaguars to the uh, Ravens. So let's say you could turn $2 million of his salary into signing bonus. So you have a $2 million cap hit, and you pick up $5.625 million, and the acquiring team is only responsible for that amount salary-wise, a 5625 as opposed to 7625 I'm just using that as a, an example. Is there anything else logically that makes any sense for the Vikings to create a couple million dollars in cap space? I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think something still happens 
on Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I guess just for the time being, they wanted to get Garrett Bradbury signed. So, I mean, this was an easy way to get that done. But, yeah, I mean, something needs to happen. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's Kyle Rudolph. But is there anything else that makes any logical sense? I wouldn't touch Kirk Cousins because he's got two years left on his contract. So, how much you can't pick up a ton of cap room from having a guy you can only prorate whatever you have over this year and next. And you could do what the Saints do, which is add dummy years. And then once those years, which void on a certain date, and then if the contract voids, you have all that dead money hit the cap. I don't, Rob is very reluctant to even do uh, restructure, so that's out of the question. I wouldn't – I'd leave him alone. Um, Laquan Treadwell, you don't get a ton of room from him. He didn't pick up the option. But he's got a $1.15 million base salary guarantee, so it has an offset. So if he signs somewhere else, if you cut him and he signed for his league minimum, assuming he stayed all year, you'd get that back and get cap relief. But there'd be a little over $2.5 million of dead money, and his cap number's a little over 3.15, so you're not picking up much there. Yeah, I don't see but that maybe happening. Maybe a situation where, where every little bit helps. Um, you got I'd, – I'd look at uh, Daniel Hunter as a – logical candidate to uh, restructure because that contract's a steal given where the um, pass rusher market is Agree. I mean, really a $20 yeah. million dollar per year player. That contract is so, unbelievable. <laughs> yes. That contract never should have been done. That's one where I, I always go, Rob Brzezinski is very good at his job when he gets people to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he's got a $13.5 million cap hit. Um, so you got him at a steal anyway. So if you're ever going to, you want to, if you're going to restructure someone, you want to restructure someone you think is going to be around for a long time. And given he's already dirt cheap for what he does. And I know that's relative when I say dirt cheap, how can you be dirt cheap when you're making 14 and a half million dollars per year? But um, he'd be the ideal candidate to me to do something with him. Anybody else to find Diggs make any sense? Yeah. Diggs as well. Diggs as well. Just because, um, he, he, he's got a cap number, which is over $12 million. Um, he's going to be around for a while. So, yeah, those two. But Rob tries to stay away from that. So I don't think if you cut Rudolph, then that may solve most of your problem, even if you have to eat some money in a pre-trade conversion to signing bonus. You're still going to pick up a pretty good chunk of cap room. Do you think, and they extended Adam Thielen, what, about a month? You, you kind of had to because he was dr- dramatically underpaid. He was, but, I mean, they didn't pick up any cap space, right? I mean, it was just, it was it was like dollars that they picked up. I mean, you know, I guess in hindsight, was there a mistake there that they didn't create more cap space with the Thielen extension? No, I think that was that was by design because you want, if you could keep that basically cap neutral, then you, you've kind of done your job because – Given how underpaid he was, you're thinking that maybe we're going to have to add to the cap number, but that really wasn't the case. So I don't really think you can criticize the uh, structure from a cap standpoint. Uh, Rob always does something which is amazing to me, that he gets all these guys to agree to contracts where the second year is not fully guaranteed at signing. And I don't know how he does that, <laughs> but he gets everyone to do that, the exception of Cousins, which is a unique case because he's an unrestricted free agent. But he gets all those guys to buy off on that. Once again, Rob Brzezinski is very good at his job. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have. You know, I mean, nobody yeah. wants to be in the cap situation that the Vikings are in. But, yeah, I mean, you think about some of the contracts that they have guys signed to. I mean, there's a bunch of team-friendly you deals. Out, you can get out of them no cap paint because you don't give huge signing bonuses. The guarantees are, as the year comes up, 
so yeah, he's doing an excellent job. Joel, I always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for your insight. Your insight is gold. Continuing the Vikings theme briefly on Tuesday, the start of organized team activities. Stefan Diggs was a no-show. Now it's possible when media has access on Wednesday, maybe we will see him. I say that because at different points during the offseason program, Diggs has been seen at TCO Performance Center. Oh, by the way, it is not mandatory that he is there right now. So how big of a story is it? I'll let you decide. I do think, though, it is noteworthy when one of the star players isn't out there for the start of OTAs. Now, in terms of physical shape, anything like that, if I were a fan, would I be concerned? The answer is no. But do with it as you wish. Stefan Diggs on Tuesday, a no-show at organized team activities. Kyle Rudolph was there, although we still don't have full clarity on his contractual situation. My understanding is on extension talks, the sides are at an impasse. It is the language of the contract. Now, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reported that the Vikings present Rudolph with a five-year extension, but really five is just a number. Could the Vikings get out of the deal after one year, after a couple years? I'm just telling you, the language of the contract is a really, really big deal. So don't look at the number five, five years total. It really is all about when the Vikings could get out of the deal with minimal or zero penalty. And that is something that the two sides are at an impasse over. Now, did talks really ever die? No, they hit a roadblock. And that was a couple weeks ago when the story came out on a Friday. So, I mean, that wasn't inaccurate. But talks have pretty much been going on now for multiple weeks. Teams have inquired about trading for Rudolph. Is that still a possibility? Yeah. I hear that the Vikings would highly consider trading Rudolph if some team offered them a third-round pick. Now, do I think it's realistic that they get offered a third-round pick? I don't. If I had to bet, I still think the sides work something out. Kyle really likes it here. The offensive coordinator I hear wants Kyle here. You would hope that there's enough people going to bat for Kyle internally that they can find a way to have Kyle on this team, a team that has big expectations this year and all sorts of pressure when talking about the futures of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. But I just think it's still worth monitoring his situation. I still think we'll have some sort of closure, something happening with Kyle Rudolph before the season starts. Nothing is on the cusp of happening either way. And I'm telling you, they are not actively shopping him. It's more answering when teams have called. It's been New England. I heard Jacksonville. I heard a couple other teams have at least called just to check in, just to inquire, just to see what's up, but that the Vikings are not actively shopping Kyle. But bottom line is there is an impasse. There is a disagreement on the language of a contract extension. We'll get to a bunch of Wolves notes in just a second, plus conversations I had on Tuesday morning with Debbie Saunders, Ryan's mom, and Haley Saunders. Ryan's wife right after the introductory news conference with Ryan being named permanent Wolves head coach. But let me first tell you about North Memorial Health. They have over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is a proud partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They are more than a team. They're your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com. Slash family. Before I broadcast a ton of Wolves notes, let's start with Debbie Saunders, Flip's widow, Ryan's mom. She was at the press conference, the news conference on Tuesday morning. 
as she saw her son Ryan be introduced as the permanent Wolves coach. The first question I asked Debbie was pretty straightforward. Just how proud is she of Ryan being named permanent Wolves head coach at the young age of 33? I'm very proud of him and I'm very happy for him and his wife. It's um, a huge opportunity and I know he'll do his best at it, try his hardest. Ryan was asked on the podium what Flip would be thinking right now. How about in your words, what would Flip be thinking right now? He'd be very proud, but just like he, Flip and I always knew there was something special about Ryan. We couldn't put our finger on it. Even when he was really small, there was just something different and special about him that we knew would turn into something big someday. So now it has. Yeah, I mean, did you even see it? So, okay, so even going back to why is that a high school, even before oh, high school? I'm talking when he was a little kid, he just, he, okay, he'll probably be mad at me for this example, but grandma would give a dollar to all the grandkids, and Ryan would be the first to say, I, what are you going to do with your dollar? Are you going to put it in the piggy bank? And he would say, no, let's all go to Dairy Queen. He wanted to take the whole family. So he's always been a really giving person and a really, in that way. So there was just always something special always thought of others so we'll see how that works is there a sense of it coming full circle i mean it was one thing when he got named interim head coach but now that he's full-time head coach there's there's no uncertainty i i don't think i've wrapped myself around that like i say there's a lot of emotions and some of those emotions are so happy some of them are so sad and i think you're right it is you know a full circle but it's um it's going to take me a little time to digest all that we saw you at a number of home games. I mean, just about every yeah, home game when yeah. you could make it. You know, just yeah, a few rows up. What was it like watching Ryan work the sidelines and work the huddles? Nerve-wracking. It was like back when Flip was there. It was nerve-wracking. And yet, I have such, I had such faith in Flip. I have such faith in Ryan that that helps. How special of a time is this right now? I mean, you think about just this unbelievable professional accomplishment and what's about to happen, well, in his personal life, Haley's personal life, your personal life. I'm surprised Haley didn't have the baby during this whole process, but they've got about two and a half weeks, so it could be any time now. But it's like everything at once. It's so much to digest, but we're all excited. And you'll be a first-time grandma, right? So, I mean, just think about all that. Goodness, yes, yes, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, so how much are you just looking forward to that? I'm just looking forward to everything. I mean, there's there's blessings that if we just take the time to look for them, they're there. And we've just had so many blessings put upon us in this last week and in these next couple weeks. So, Was it nerve-wracking the last couple weeks, wondering what the future would hold? Probably, maybe a little bit, but, you know, I, I guess I always felt like what will be will be, and I felt like... Ryan has put enough of himself out there that that would be recognized by someone, you know, whether it was the Timberwolves or whatever. I, I just felt good about that. How have you seen him grow? I mean, even just having the confidence to sit in front of all these people and, and answer questions and just have that confidence. It's amazed me. It has absolutely amazed me. And it's only going to get better as he gets more comfortable. Ryan's wife, Haley, is 38 weeks pregnant. Heck, she could go any day. The official due date is June 9th, but she may go early. In fact, Ryan was telling me that the doctor thinks she may end up going early. So literally, she could go any day into labor. I had a chance to catch up with Haley briefly after I talked with mom. Here's my brief conversation with Ryan's wife, 
Haley Saunders. How happy are you for your husband? Oh, I'm so happy for him. He's worked very hard to get where he is today, and I could not be more excited for him. Has it been a crazy couple weeks with some of the uncertainty? Absolutely. The last two weeks or so has been a whirlwind, but we got through it together, and we're so excited for what the future holds. I mean, what was it like even, you know, thinking back to January, and it was a big deal when when he was hired as the interim head coach, but now for it to come full circle, he's no longer the interim, there's no uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, how how happy of a time is this? Oh, we could not be more thrilled. Yeah, very, very excited. And then you think about what's about to happen in your personal life. I mean, just think about just the craziness of these couple weeks. Absolutely. Two weeks, and we have a little one on the way, so, yeah. What did it mean to you when Ryan acknowledged you during the press conference and talked about how you make him a better person? I I mean, he is so caring. That's truly one of his biggest strengths. So to hear him support me and support the family could not have been, could not have been better. How have you seen him grow as a person the last handful of months with the responsibility, even when he had the interim tag, but still being the head coach? I've always known him as the hardest worker, but over the last few months, he is really putting in everything to make this team and this organization succeed. So he is blowing my mind and just continues to improve and evolve. So. All the best to Haley and to Ryan as they welcome their first child to this world in just a few days or a few weeks, but certainly in the coming days. All right, let me unleash a bunch of NBA slash Wolves notes. Where to begin? Oh, you know what? I'm actually looking at my notes. I forgot to mention this when doing Vikings notes. They had no interest in bringing back Aldrich Robinson. You might have seen the note the other day that he signed with the Carolina Panthers. I know he had a few offers to sift through, but the Vikings made it very clear to him, hey, we really enjoyed having you, but because of cap ramifications, prioritizing others, there just there wasn't interest. I mean, they were very forthright with Aldrich's agent saying, hey, we just we don't have the room. We just can't do it. We really enjoyed having him. But anyway, the Vikings never made Aldrich an offer to come back. He signed with Carolina. Former Cretan Durham Hall, former Vikings receiver Michael Floyd, if you missed it, signed with Baltimore a few days ago. Actually, Baltimore was another team that had some interest in Aldrich Robinson. On the Wolves coaching search, I am led to believe, I said this on the last Scoop podcast, I'll reiterate it now, I am led to believe it was a real search, but make no mistake, I mean, Glenn was on this podcast talking about what he thinks of Ryan. The players think the world of Ryan. Here's who convinced me more than anything or anyone. It was Derrick Rose. Now, I played back my conversation with Derrick Rose in March. I sat down with Derrick for like 20 minutes, and then we talked for a while off camera. I thought if anybody would have been upset that Tom Thibodeau got let go, it would have been Derek, and I think Derek was. I mean, I think there was a genuineness with his connection to Tom that he really, really was upset when the Wolves made the decision to relieve Tom of his duties. But Derek gushed to me on camera, off camera, about Ryan Saunders. Derek Rose thinks the world of Ryan Saunders. I can tell you, Anthony Tolliver who couldn't stand some of the things that he had to experience under Tibbs, thinks the world of Ryan Saunders. Does that mean that either guy is back come free agency this July? No, it doesn't. But I'm just telling you, Tolliver thinks the world of Saunders. Rose thinks the world of Saunders. Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, to a man. Every guy in that locker room really, really likes Ryan and will play their ass off for Ryan. That, to me, means a lot. Now, was it a real search? If Gerson Rosas really, really deep down wanted to hire somebody, would it have been Chris Finch? It's hard to know. I do know that Glenn, while Glenn did not demand that Gerson hire Ryan, he certainly shared his thoughts on Ryan. Did that weigh on Gerson's mind as he made the decision to hire Ryan? Hard to really know. But I do think 
there was, speaking of a genuineness, a genuineness when Rosas in Chicago interviewed Jawan Howard, Darvin Ham, and Chris Finch. Then he had a phone interview with David Vanderpool, the Portland assistant. Just was hard for David to get to Chicago with the Blazers still playing in the Western Conference Finals until Monday night. But I do think there was a genuineness about those conversations that in the end, I mean, heck, if you think about it, Ryan, of all those guys, is the only one with NBA head coaching experience. Then you weigh what the players think of him. All the change that a lot of players have gone through. You think about Andrew Wiggins, all the coaches that he has played for. It just it made logical sense to give Ryan a chance. Hopefully they didn't set him up to fail. Hopefully with Rosas, I've heard a lot of good things. Had a chance to catch up with Rosas briefly off camera on Tuesday morning. I've heard a lot of good things about Rosas. So hopefully he helps put Ryan in a position to succeed. I do think his number one assistant will be a big deal. I don't have any names. I do think Frank Vogel was a target if he didn't get the Lakers job. I do think if J.B. Bickerstaff did not go to Cleveland, he would have been another name to keep an eye on. I do think they need to bring in somebody that can coach defense, a de facto defensive coordinator. In fact, the football model came up on Tuesday morning. Them, the Wolves, going to a football model with a so-called offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. But emphasis on defensive coordinator, a coach that can coach these guys to play competent defense. I also think it will help Ryan a ton when he gets to finally coach Robert Covington. Ryan Saunders did not get to coach Robert Covington once last year. Covington, by the way, in town right now, but he is rehabbing, as Glenn Taylor said on this podcast a couple weeks ago. Robert's not quite in a position to be playing five-on-five. He will be come training camp, but not quite yet. Jeff Teague, also another guy who had surgery going back a few weeks. He's in town doing some workouts, but it's more on the rehab side. In terms of doing actual basketball workouts, you have Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, you've got Josh Okoge, Kata Bates-Diop, Mitch Creek, Tyus Jones. There's a ton of guys in town right now. Jared Terrell. There's a ton of guys in town right now working out. That will be a heavy emphasis, I can promise you. Andrew Wiggins is going to be here a ton this summer because of Ryan Saunders. The Wolves are hosting a free agent camp the first week of June. Wade Baldwin is contemplating coming. He's got a history with Carl Anthony Towns. Here are names for sure in Briante Weber, Michael Mulder, Matt Costello, and Keenan Evans. Clearly, there are more names than that. Those are the ones that I am aware of. Former Robbinsdale Cooper High School star Rashad Vaughn will not be at the Wolves free agent camp, but he is participating in upcoming free agent camps with the Portland Trailblazers and the Philadelphia 76ers. Pro days, agency pro days actually began on Tuesday. Austin Walton, who's a prominent agent, had his agency's pro day on Tuesday. I know the Wolves were there. Then Wednesday in Phoenix, Octagon. They have Jarrett Culver. They have a bunch of other players. So the Wolves will have representation. That's in Phoenix. There's a few other agency workouts in Phoenix on Wednesday that the Wolves will be at. Jordan Murphy, former Gopher, is participating on Wednesday in one of those agency workouts. So many NBA teams, the Wolves and many other teams, will have representation at those workouts. Then Murphy has a workout on Thursday in Utah. Gino Crandall, former De La Salle High School star, another player working out in front of NBA scouts in Phoenix on Wednesday. The headliner from One Legacy, that agency, is Keldon Johnson, the former Kentucky Wildcat. He will be the headliner before the Octagon workout Wednesday in Phoenix. Then Thursday, Amir Coffey, the former Gopher. Well, I say former. Nothing is official yet. Amir actually has until May 29th to make a decision. Will he go back to the U for a senior year or keep his name in the draft? There is a distinct possibility that he keeps his name in the draft, but nothing 
everything has been finalized. He has had a bunch of good workouts, though. In fact, he had another workout for the Celtics. So he's worked out for a bunch of teams. I know that he had a really good workout a couple weeks ago for the LA Clippers. Is it possible that one of these teams will guarantee him a two-way contract? It's possible. If they do, I can see him keeping his name in the draft. But anyway, Amir Coffey will take part in the XL Sports Management Pro Day on Thursday. Tyler Hero of Kentucky, probably the headliner that will be at that one. Then Friday, Priority Sports has its Pro Day. Brandon Clark, Admiral Schofield. You've got Roby from Nebraska, Fernando from Maryland. You've got Ethan Happ. You've got Ty Jerome of Virginia. You've got Dylan Windler, who's a second-round pick. Carson Edwards of Purdue. By the way, Clark will also come to Minneapolis for a workout. Then you've got next week in California, you've got the Wasserman workout. That's Rui Hachimura and some other guys. Clutch Sports, Bill Duffy and Associates, Rock Nation. You've got ASM. You've got the Shaw Sports Agency Pro Day. Then on May 29th in Thousand Oaks is the Creative Arts Agency Pro Day. They've got Bowl Bowl. They've got White from North Carolina. They've got some other guys. So it is a busy stretch of Agency Pro Days that Gershon Rosas and others with the Wolves will definitely be at in different stretches. He may not, Rosas that is, be in Phoenix on Wednesday. I don't know that yet, but I do know the plan is to be in Los Angeles May 28th, May 29th for all those agencies agency workouts. There is a report from Inside Carolina that Nasir Little of North Carolina will work out for the Wolves in Minneapolis. Daniel Gafford of Arkansas is expected to work out for the Wolves in Minneapolis. There's some other guys, first-round picks, that will work out for the Wolves in Minneapolis in coming weeks. Although I can tell you, there is one agent thinking about pulling his player out of a scheduled workout here in Minneapolis because he believes the buzz that the Wolves have given Rui Hachimura of Gonzaga a draft promise. Now, I can't get anybody with the Wolves to tell me that they've made any sort of draft promise. Logically speaking, I'd be surprised if the Wolves made an outright draft promise. I just think they're picking too late to be making any promises. Maybe you make a promise at pick two or pick three or pick four. I don't know why you'd make a promise at pick 11. Plus, it's early in the process. Why would you make a promise this early? It just doesn't match up to me. But hey, nonetheless, if an agent believes it to be true and he pulls his client from working out here in Minnesota for the Wolves, it is noteworthy. If that does indeed happen, right now it might be more of a threat. If it does indeed happen, I will keep you posted. For now, I won't mention who that player is. The Wolves had a bunch of draft prospects in town on Tuesday, including Ethan Happ of Wisconsin and Tyus Battle of Syracuse. There were like 12 players in for workouts on Tuesday. One other quick note, I caught up with the mini haha foursome of Caden Johnson, Jalen Suggs, Chet Holmgren, and Prince Alegbe. I will play back those conversations. I was with them last week. I'll play back those conversations on a future Scoop podcast, but I can pass along a note that Caden, who is the state's top-ranked football player in the class of 2020, he told me last week he was to spend a bunch of time on Monday. That would have been yesterday with Gophers head coach P.J. Fleck. He recently took a visit to Oregon. He is highly, highly, highly coveted. He can play tight end. He can play a linebacker. Caden Johnson of Minnehaha Academy is a big-time football player. I guess he plays on the co-op, the SMB team, which is Minnehaha Academy, Blake, and St. Paul Academy. They won a state championship in November. But anyway, I wanted to pass along that note. But I'll play back those conversations, recruiting updates with all four. Prince Alegbe is a freshman. He recently got an offer from Richard Pitino and the Gophers. He's been blowing up. Chet Holmgren got a recent offer from Kansas. Jalen Suggs is one of the top players in the country basketball-wise in the class of 2020. He is also highly, highly thought of on the 
football field if he wants to go that route. Hard to see him going that route, but he's highly thought of with a football offer from Ohio State. He's got the Gophers offering him. Iowa State, he's got a bunch of football offers. Great quarterback, so he's got options, although I do think Jalen in the end will choose basketball, but he will play football his senior year of high school. At least he has said that. He said that on this podcast going back a handful of weeks. Other notes, though, can wait until the next podcast. I have to get going. I have to coach the four-year-old in baseball. We have a big game on Tuesday night. Thankfully, it didn't rain, so it looks like we'll be able to get our game in. So I am wrapping up this particular episode. We are done. This has been episode 231 of the Scoop Podcast. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.